Hey, 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 Girl Chat Sports with Mel and Miss Ballandy today. Hey, Miss Ballandy, thank you for joining in as our special guest host. Uh, Mo is not feeling so great today and kind of feel like she just wanted to watch this Lakers Clippers game. Although looking at halftime right now, I'm not sure she really wants to be watching it. But, you know, I'm sure the Lakers, you know, they're a second half team. So we'll see how this goes for them. But thank you for joining me. I know you've had a busy day. No Plays Off Sports Talk, your podcast was just on uh, not too long ago at 6. Uh, great show. You had a great guest there from Oklahoma, so or a Las Vegas-based uh, Oklahoma guy. So that was great. Um, but yeah, thanks for joining, and I appreciate it. Absolutely. Always an honor to join you on the stream, so thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you know, we 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 love our 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 fellow women in Vegas sports and just in sports fans in general, and being able to share the the sports knowledge out and around and or out and around the town. But uh, before we get into it, I did just want to say because I'm wearing my special hoodie, and today was the day that Air mm. released. And we all know that I'm a huge Jordan fan. I got to see a pre-screening. So shout out to uh, Deborah Porter within the Ladies Room Productions, as well as my girl, Alicia Gibbs, because I got to see a pre-screening. And let me just tell everybody, if you haven't seen it yet, because there was chances for people to go see it on Saturday early, you've got to see it. I mean, first, it, it's not even the Michael Jordan factor. It's just the history, the Nike. They play a lot of old clips from like early Jordan years. Um, the story behind the shoe, the Jordan brand. It's just, I could have sat there and probably watched this movie a couple more times just in that in that same night. It was just that good for me. For me. I'm a slacker. I, I didn't even know that it was coming out. Like I seen when you were at, I think you had posted something about being at the preview or something. And I was like, I had no idea it was coming out. I had no idea what it was about. So I'm like, uh, there's some new Michael Jordan movie coming out. <laughs> so it caught my eye because they had the commercials during the Super Bowl. And I was like, wait a minute. There's a Jordan movie. Okay. Yeah. So I my clock started rolling. But yeah, it was uh luckily I I had gotten uh, a nice little hookup to get there. I actually one of my friends won this nice little Jordan Air Jordan premiere hoodie. And since it's still 50 degrees in Vegas in April, I get to sport it. <laughs> As like I'm you, so you gotta that. see rocking your hoodie too. Yes, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, the temperature is just uh is not helpful these days, but Anyway, we're supposed to be in the 80s, so I guess we'll, we hey, can't wait I'm, for I'm, that. I'm guessing this hopefully is the end. We'll see, but it's just like we had a, such a beautiful like spring Saturday Sunday this weekend, and then to get hit right in the face on Monday and yesterday and today with this these temperatures has been has been a lot. Has been a lot. Yesterday was freezing. Vegas. We we've we've this is this is the this is the first the coldest it's been this time of year in like decades. Definitely. I'm over it. <laughs> over it. That wind yesterday was freezing. <laughs> it was blowing so hard. Listen, nobody understands that a 55, a 50 degree day in Vegas is nice, but if you add the wind, it's like freezing. You got beanie down vet. I mean, everything is on. So um, but over anyway. it. I want to get into a couple hot topics. Of course, March Madness is officially over. Um, shout out to anybody who won any kind of money out of their tournament brackets because this year was nuts. And I know you addressed it a little bit. Yeah, I know you addressed it a little bit on your show in regards to kind of like what that transfer portal is doing to especially the men's side of basketball. And I know that this is probably just going to be a start of what we see. So we've already seen a lot of the a lot of guys, including guys here at UNLV, 
already enter the transfer portal to get out of here and, and to make those switches to better teams. It's like, is this going to be like a new NBA where you're just deciding to move to a winning team every year? Like, when does it stop? <laughs> when is it, it has to end? stop somehow. Like you said, on, on the men's side, 1,100 players are already in the transfer portal. Uh, four of UNLV players have already left, even the guests we had on for Oklahoma, Jalen Hill, four players prior to him already left. I'm like, when is it going to be over with? It's just, it's going to be ridiculous. And it's and if they don't make any adjustments to it or make some kind of rules behind it, because I don't know if there are rules behind it now. If you have to be at a school for a year or two years before you can enter, if you can just enter at any time. But it seems like if there aren't no rules to it, eventually it's going to be just a zoo. Every year there's going to be it's going to be a zoo, and you know your team might have been not even in the March Madness brackets, and then next thing you know, you maybe you're winning a championship because of how things happen. I mean. Crazy, crazy times. Um, before we get into the women, I do want to shout out to the men. The men did uh, had a very intriguing <laughs> March Madness run. We saw a lot of eps, ops, upsets. Um, no number ones in the final four, which was crazy. Seeing San Diego State, a Mountain West Conference team in the yeah. finals, yeah. like that's big time right there. And then, that's of dope. course, yeah. And then you got UConn who took it away and they definitely deserved it. I mean, they outplayed uh, San Diego State. San Diego State did have a chance to come back. I think they were only down by like five points in the fourth quarter, but it was it was a UConn show and UConn was getting it and and they just did it. They did a great job. Um, the game was just so boring. It was so dry. I mean, like San Diego State went like almost nine, um, ten minutes, like like nine minutes without scoring a basket. I mean, and the they weren't just like missing, like they were missing wide open shots. They were missing wide open layups. It, I was like, this is has this has to be the boringest championship game in a while. It was kind of like the most boringest final four, even too. Like it just, I felt like because the women were, it was so much attention on the women this year. I mean, me personally, I've said it since before the tournament started. I was like, I'm watching the women hands down. Like this year, of course, you always want to watch the women, but this year especially just seemed like there was so much talent in there. There were so many great games you were going to watch. Um, and then the men just kind of fell back seat to it, which I'm not, I'm not mad about, you know, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. And like you say, kudos going out to San Diego state, you know, first time uh, playing in a championship game. Of course, that entire conference is going to get some money um, to boost, you know, the fact that they made it, sure. you know, be able to get right. a, some cut in that. So that's a good thing. So that was exciting for, you know, San Diego state and the mountain West. So other than that, I was like, uh, as it got down, leaving to like the elite eight, I'm like, okay, the final four. All right. You know, I, I kind of wanted FAU to win, but then after that, I was like, Oh, I'm really over it. Like I, I, I kind of felt like eventually San Diego state wasn't going to be able to compete with UConn. So I was just like, I'm like, you, I, I had real no interest in it, but I watched it because I'm a basketball fan. Right. It's the final four. I mean, it's the final game. You kind of want to watch it, but it wasn't right. It wasn't entertaining. I even put money on San Diego State just because there was like plus, I think like 450 at one point. I was like, I mean, why not? Like put my $10 and let me see if I can make something out of this. And of course I didn't at all, but it was just, you know, it's part of the, part of the process. Um, but you know, I think I'm not even, you know, I'm a Pac-12 girl, but seeing Mountain West in the championship was just, I think that was just in itself part of the great part of uh, of the men's tournament for them. It, yeah, don't know, take away from San Diego State. They had they had a good season too. I mean they 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 played well. They won the Mountain West. They they just were outplayed by a better team. 
of course, yeah, they couldn't they couldn't hang on that one. They did great getting there, but it just yeah. it was kind of like the 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 tank ran low and they're on E sliding into the championship, which unfortunately was the case for them. Um, but we need to talk about the women because yes, I know you dressed it a little bit, but they had the most viewed NCAA D1 women's basketball game on record. So there was uh average was not almost 10 million viewers on average and there was a high peak of 12.6 million viewers to watch this one ladies game that's dope. that's what you got to give it up for that's dope and we already knew that they had already outshined nba games in the previous like during the other um, rounds of march madness the women have maintained such a great position in in this tournament and they've it's really been amazing to watch and see of course We'll get into a little bit of like a little bit of the drama post championship and some of the stuff that's happened. Knowing that, you know, and I want to talk with you because I know we both love our WNBA. And I know you talked to Kev for a second about, you know, with all this passion that's for women's basketball in college, what why isn't that not translating into the WNBA factor? Because I always hear the guys, oh, you know, I can't understand. I don't understand, you know, every, you, co women's college basketball is so much faster paced. And, it's, 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 and I just, for me, I, I feel like I'm seeing those same stars that are in college basketball move on to the WNBA and they're stars in the debt. Why are we not watching them as much? I don't get I, it. I, it's the same thing Kev asked on, on my show too. He's like, he hope hopefully that this excitement and the energy and the viewership will transfer over to the WNBA. And I, I'm like you, I'm, I'm startled as to why it wouldn't. When you get breaking record, 9.9 .9 million people are viewing a WNBA or, or a college championship game. Like you said, those same players are transferring over to the dub. I, I mean, it was exciting basketball. A lot of a lot of people were saying, well, the, the girls' game, the women's game is more fundamental. But if you saw a lot of the comments during the women's championship game and the women's tournament a, a lot, a lot of people were talking about how fundamental sound teams like Iowa, how fundamental the, the game right. was on the women's side. So I, I don't <laughs> know why that kind of is, like I said, because the same players are transferring over. I know it's – it's a bigger game on the on the on sure, in the WNBA I think there's more revenue. The I think you're you're rooting more for some of your teams, your conference maybe, but I feel and maybe there's not enough teams yet in the league to where people can find like their their home team, maybe. You know, having only twelve teams, you got twelve cities, it's not encompassing the country or even the globe, but it's just, you know, your favorite players are playing for team. I'm a Husky. I, I was down with Kelsey Plum before she, the Aces got yeah. here. Like, you know, this is part of you. You follow your excitement with whom you, I don't know. I just, I still don't get it. Me personally. Of course, I, I will admit that I wasn't always a WNBA fan back in the day. Like, I mean, I grew up in Seattle. Yeah. I left before the storm got there, but I still wasn't. I mean, I, I knew the storm watched a couple of games. I wasn't a WME fan until really I moved here and the aces kind of just made me one. So it may grow on people and I hope it does. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, we'll get Did a you little see bit how the Iowa fans, how many Iowa fans were there? I mean, they traveled near and far and those tickets weren't cheap. Like the average ticket price was 400 plus dollars for the women's <laughs> tournament compared to the men. I mean, and they were, there was there were a lot of Iowa fans in the stands. 
There were a lot. And I will say this. I wanted to, I wanted to shout out now why since we're talking about it, but a shout out to our previous guest, one of the friends of the show, Natasha Gransbury, uh, the Gransbury, the AKA the sports stadium queen. She was there for all of the men's and women's excitement in Texas through Dallas and Houston. Was it Houston or it was always all in Dallas. Um, and she got to wear one of the girl chat sports hats, what I appreciate her for. Nice. But she, in one of her posts, she actually said the entire state of Iowa here is here. And I think Minnesota as well. Like there's so many people here. From they were up, so they, many. They traveled. Like yeah. it's just, I mean, you, for LSU, that's a, that's not a bad drive from New Orleans to yeah. Dallas. I, I've made that drive myself. It's not terrible, but to come in from Iowa all the way down there, it's just, they, they were there hard. They were yeah. doing their thing. It was it was really amazing to see. And when I, I, there's a picture I got too of just when both women's teams were coming through the state, coming through the audience. That's so this a great is just picture. Getting into the stadium. That's which nice. Which is crazy. But you know, I knew I was going to show up because I remember there was a post. I think this was like maybe during the first or second round. I was tickets sold out in 15 minutes for their first I two saw rounds. That. And I think they also had lined up outside their stadium like two hours prior to tip off lined up just for women. They were ready. They ready. They knew they were ready. I mean, that's just. (laughs) It'd be good if, if, like you said, that same energy, we can find the same fans support the WNBA. I mean, the the WNBA ratings have been improving and going in the right direction. But the mystery question that everyone seems to figure out is why doesn't the same support kind of transfer over to the WNBA? Like, why are you hating on it? Like, I, I guess it's more like if everybody seems open to watching college basketball because there's some good games, there's some great games in the WNBA. We've yeah. seen them live. Like, there's some yeah. great games that happen, and it's like people just, I guess, I can't make people fans. I can only hope, you know. <clears throat> But hey, that's that's the, we'll get a little bit more into it because we do have the WNBA draft coming. I want to talk about that. That happens on yes. Monday. Um, but I do want to talk about this thing now because we are everybody is so heavily devoted in women's sports. It's the trash talking because people seem to be oh so concerned and have no idea and maybe don't think it's very ladylike in sports <laughs> to trash talk. But this is something that's been happening for years and years and years. We're just seeing it more because people are watching the game more. And I know Caitlin had posted that she said, maybe men have always trash talked. You should be able to play with that emotion. That's how every girl should come to play. And if you are, if you're living and breathing and playing basketball 24 seven, that's something that you should be doing. Yeah. I I just, you're passionate. It's part of the game. You know what I mean? And it's so sad. As I mentioned on my show is, it's so sad. It's not the first time that the ladies have been criticizing for celebrating or, or playing with emotion and being mm-hmm. criticized for it. It's like, why? It's a part of the game. Why aren't they able to celebrate and show their emotions and do their trash talking without the negative attention that, you know, that they get? It's just, I think it, it too comes back on us as, as media personnel is yeah. we're the ones who are creating and driving this narrative. As uh, a lot of people, you know, have talked about Caitlin Clark came out today and says she doesn't want Angel to get the backlash that she's gotten but i think us as media personalities have to be responsible have to be holding ourselves accountable in, in regards to what narrative we're trying to create and and draw because they're not we're the ones who making all the hype 
they, they didn't do right. anything. Twitter blew why up was, on, with, Why with is that storyline even going out? Like, wh- how exactly. is that? Even, because we saw some major media names come out with some not so great things being said about Angel Reese. We're all going yeah. over the fate, you know, thing and the and the trash talking back and forth. But again, like it wasn't brought out when Caitlin Clark was doing it, but they are doing it for Angel Reese, and that's and then, something that it just. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. and then too, you you get these these media personnel or these digital digital creator content creators who they're not regular reporters on the league or the WNBA or women's sports, so they really don't know the inside and outs of who these players are. They really don't know the full characteristics of these players. They just they may get a breaking story or follow it because you know it's the play, it's the the tournament. They don't really regularly follow these players, so they really have no clue in regards to the backstory of a lot of these players. So again, I think it it falls on the responsibility of, uh, of us as media personnel is to be accountable in regards to what narrative that you're trying to draw and and push forward absolutely and i think that was the other thing too is you know it got into this big you know we already are dealing with number 45 getting arrested and having to go in and so we've got that race war happening that's returning because now he wants to go back into going back into the presidency in 2024 you've got that along with now you're trying to put two great woman athletes against each other. And both of them even came out and said, like, I have nothing personal with her. Like, you guys are the ones that are making the storyline up. Yeah. You guys are what's making, you know, you guys are the ones that are making Angel Reese out to be the bad person. And she's not, she's doing what Caitlin was doing just a game before. I'm sure Caitlin had a few slick words throughout that whole game when they're battling back and forth for the championship. Like, yeah. we all don't hear what's being said on court, but then media want to go off of just actions and what they see on a clip or a video and make a whole, you know, clickbait, um, you know, title for a, for a, for a piece they're doing. And I just, it's ridiculous. It's it disgusting. Ridiculous. I mean, and like you said, it was, it's bad enough that we still live in a color divided world. You know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, you'd say, well, why do we have to always have to make it about race? Well, when you have bl- incidents like this, where it's, Black and white is really the focus of it. It's really what it came down to. You can try to downplay this as much as you want, but that's really what it came down to. And to think that in 2023, we're still having these same type of discussions. It's disgusting. It's terrible. And and, it, and I think it made it worse. And not to make it worse, but of course, you've got Iowa with a predominantly white school, a predominantly white team versus LSU, a predominantly black team. And they just... It, it, for those that are already on those race war lines, it, it just it just added fuel to their fire. Yep, yep. And and it's sad that we're here again, but um, you know, I'll give it up for Angel. She did come. She had a great um pod. She did on I think it was Papers, uh, Papers podcast. She yes. said, you know, be who you are. Never feel like you're too small for somebody, or you're too loud, or you're too ghetto. I think that's gotten me to where I am. The negative people are going to say what they have to say, and that's on them. I know I've impacted a lot of people. And she said, you know, she mentioned like, you know, I'm doing this for the little girls out there that look like me that know that they can do whatever I'm doing. And that's okay. And I think that's great. She said, I applaud Angel Reese for how she's handled this um, and for what she's done in this, in this, in this situation. I also, you know, feel bad for Kaylin. Cause I mean, I don't think she's ever intended for any of this stuff to happen and especially be against, you know, to have it happen to Angel. It's just, again, media and the way that things are perceived and the way that people are writing about it. It just went too far. It went too far. Yeah, it just, it went it went <clears throat> way too far. You know, and 
Angel was saying, you know, <clears throat> like you said, she was doing it for the little girls who don't look like her. And, you know, from the jump, you called us ghetto. You know, you, you said I didn't fit your narrative. I didn't fit mm -hmm. in your box. And and me, myself, personally, I related to it 100 percent as a black woman trying to make it in the industry that we're trying to make it in. And, you know, the lifestyle that I live, always trying to, you know, fit the narrative to be accepted. You know what I mean? It, right. it has to be a terrible feeling to not be able to truthfully live life in your own skin to be comfortable it has that has to be a, a closet that has to be trapping that i can't imagine but as a black woman to know what that feels like it's 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 just disgusting <laughs> it, it's yeah and uh yeah. the other thing that got in after after this step happened then you also have uh our first lady who who chimed in and <laughs> I don't know Jill Biden well. I don't know her at all. I don't, you know, I know maybe it was just a slip of just trying to be all loving and encompassing of women in basketball. But she did tweet out that she thought um, that due to the sportsmanship and the comp and the, the competitiveness of the game that maybe that, you know, Iowa should come to the White House too. Now, we all know if you are <laughs> any kind of sports fan. Only winners of championships, professional championships, get invited to the White House. It's happened for decades, maybe a century. Who knows? I mean, that's the only people that go to the White House. Right. Period. Right. Right. And Jill that's had the tradition yeah. of what happens. <laughs> and that's tradition. It's not, you know, there are no participant trophies for <laughs> coming to the no. White House. There no. are no number twos. It's just... How it no. goes. Yeah, and Angel Reese came out World today and she's series, like, oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> she's like, ah, yeah, we'll go to the White House and, you know, maybe we should be invited to go see our former first lady, mm -hmm. uh, Barack and Michelle. And I'm like, well. <laughs> yeah, she said that she's like, she was like, um, we're going to go over to Barack and Michelle's house instead. Yeah. And I was like, the only thing that I didn't necessarily care for her saying when in that podcast that she doesn't accept Joe, Jill Biden's apology. And my thing is like, I know you don't agree with it. I know you're not happy about it. I know Jill probably wouldn't have said that if it was LSU coming in number two, or maybe she would have, we really don't know because it was such a great team and it was such a big, I guess, storyline for women's basketball is having these two grades going head to head in the championship. And I was just like that one thing that she mentioned when she said, I don't accept her apology. I was like, well, I mean, you can accept it. Doesn't mean you're okay with it. I mean, yeah, she did say what she said. You said what she, you said. I just personally was kind of like, well, I mean, it is the first lady of the United States. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I get both ends. Um, because again, did you coming from what everything that they're dealing with in regards to the bigger picture of it all? Did you did you yeah. come out and apologize, Jill? Because you really felt compassionate to apologize, or what was it? PR control? Oh right. crap, we got to figure. You know what I mean? Did did you really mean it? Because you felt, you know, how they felt. You really agree with them, or I can kind of see both sides. Where saying you know, keep your apology at this point. You know what I mean? That it maybe she felt like it didn't come from a sincere place. Maybe. Absolutely. No, I, and I, we don't know. And that's the thing is, I think yeah. when it, when it first initially happened, she had a spokesperson come out with for her talking about, oh, well, she didn't mean it like this. So like I said, if it had been like, you know, Jill calling and saying, hey, this is my bad or whatever, one thing. But yeah. if it's press or spokesperson typing up a PR notice, that's a little different. I, I wouldn't yeah. accept that as well. But, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just sad that it went to that. But yeah, uh, what's up? Shout out to Goose. Shout out uh, Kevin Ray here in the comments. Um, <laughs> 
Goose says no losers on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. There aren't. You don't. You don't put no second. There no. No, there's no number twos that come into no. the, the White House. Period. No. <laughs> no. But did you hear that the I, I can't pronounce her name. The 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 young lady who plays for LSU. Her last she, she's Flo she's on, she's the rapper. Yes. Well, I was yes. talking about her too. Yeah. Yes. They were saying she possibly may have a deal coming out with Lil Wayne. I'm like, that's so, pretty dope. I didn't. Re oh, sorry. This isn't it. Let me find it. Um, I didn't realize she's signed with Rock Nation. So she's, yes. a, she's a freshman at LSU. She signed with Rock Nation. Lil Wayne was already tweeting with her. She says that her favorite producers now all want to work with her and it's her time. She also told ESPN that she wanted to win a national championship and a Grammy by the time she finishes college. So she's halfway nice. there. She's a freshman, y'all. She ain't going nowhere right now. And I mean, she's a baller. And she's a baller. And I also didn't realize she um her her father was a uh, camouflage. Yep. 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 So she's dope. I mean, she's dope. It's amazing. It, it, but that, really... that goes back to again, like I said, media personnel. If we take the time to tell these individual stories, that's story. something that we will be able to to say, oh, this is uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic of this person. This isn't something that Angel Reese was doing maliciously. She was just in the moment of celebration and trash talking. You know right. what I mean? So if we took the time to know these individuals beyond the basketball court, then that's mm. something that we would have known. Well, and I think, too, is that they even showed clips of her that, of course, resurfaced after the fact of her playing like pickup ball. And I think in a tournament back in AAU days, and she had the same same trash talking then. like nothing's changed. She didn't just start this because of what happened in a different game. She's been this way and this is her. And that's what it's it, it shouldn't be offensive to anybody that you're seeing women trash talk in basketball. That just makes the game even better. Yeah, I think yeah. In, my, in my and opinion. and and she even if she was trash talking, she has every right to. We were talking about a player who she's gotten thirty four double doubles, the most yes. in a season. Like yes. she's 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 a beast. She's blocking with one shoe on. I mean, she's like <laughs> she's a baller. She's got yes, she and she buy you Barbie. Got her hair, her nails, her lashes on. She's doing it all, and is a great. Yeah. Athlete, and that should be yeah. celebrated. So, absolutely, another thing to be celebrated is that her and her cousin playing for UConn, Jordan Hawkins, both get the championship. Which that's I dope. Think, Family ties, yes. Man, listen, so they said that that barbecue out in Bmore is going to be pretty aggressive. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that is amazing. I that's know dope. All the, that's nice. All the aunties and uncles coming out for that one. They, you know, they got to go represent for their for the family. For but, sure. That's just. You know, that's there was dope. another that's picture nice. they showed of, uh, of uh, what is it? Um, <laughs> Joe Burrow? Yeah, but who, I forgot. Uh, the girl that came, Alexis. Oh, uh, yeah, Alexis yes. Morgan. She came off them last two games of the, for them. Yes, yeah, she did. And honestly, I don't know if LSU would have pulled it off without her those last two games, but she did her best uh, Joe Burrow impersonation there with the Stogie for the championship, doing it typical LSU style. <laughs> yeah she took it personal oh, yeah. though she was saying yeah, she you know the she get, came out saying i believe i th think she's from houston or has some ties to houston or to texas and she was just talking to trash about how the previous game iowa was kind of like shooing off uh, uh south carolina uh -huh. to shoot yeah. the ball i'm like yeah. she was like no that's disrespectful we we can shoot y'all are gonna do that to us so right. she, if she was in her bag she she was on she a personal mission there. mission to yeah. win that championship. Yeah, Kevin said, I love her nickname. Yeah, her nickname, I think, on Twitter is like Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Nice. I don't know if that's the one you were talking about, Kevin, but I know that her Twitter handle is like Lex Lexi Luther or Lex Luther. And I was like, yeah, it's she's she's yeah. legit. It's gonna be um real interesting to see how things go. But yeah, March Madness was a whole lot. Um <laughs> we got sad to see that guy. the whole thing that that uh she can't that that uh Angel Reese can't come out yet into the draft man because she i think she's ready now can you imagine in a year or so well, when she's eligible to come out man she's gonna why be why isn't she oh because she just transferred yeah well she well they they have to be i think the, the dumb rules they have to I, I think complete at least three years or turn 22 by a certain age it, it, it's a dumb rule yeah i hate it because i thought well because she what she did She's done one there, and she did one at Maryland, or she didn't do a full one over there. I think she started at, at Maryland, Maryland, and then Maryland. she transferred to LSU. So I think she's going into her junior year coming well, up we here. All, plus, there's also the COVID wave year too. So yes. that's affecting when we'll talk about that. We'll get us to get into the draft too, because that's going to affect the draft as well. A lot of these players have an extra year. A lot of the in um the, this season, this next season, seniors get an extra year of eligibility due to the COVID year that from twenty and twenty one. Yeah. So a lot of players are hit are, are are staying back, and like I know you and Kevin talked about, they're getting more money in NIL deals than they'll get in the WNBA. Yeah, so I don't why blame would you want to leave that? Why would you want to leave know, that? I mean, we we've seen before, you know, a lot of guys are leaving. They want to get the big money, get the check. We don't, they don't get those checks with the WNBA. So I could see you trying to leave and providing for your family in the NBA, but in WNBA, you're not making much more over six figures at all. <laughs> That all we we saw the player earlier today, the player for uh, UCLA. She had declared for the draft, but she said after having a conversation with her coach, who had some commun communication with some WNBA players, she said, "Listen, you have an opportunity to make more money if you return your." Yes. She's like, "I'm I'm staying," which I, I don't blame you. The the money that these I, players are making with these NIL deals, I mean, the max contract for a WNBA player, the max um, is I think two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. A rookie deal is. You're making less than a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, if you make a roster spot, we're talking about twelve teams, one hundred forty-four roster spots. Like, go get the bag. <laughs> Take it the money while you can. Yeah, please. yeah. So yeah, there's they're definitely making it a little uh, harder right now um, for those young girls to make those decisions. But yeah, it's going to yeah. be a lot more women staying. The thing is that when this when this waiver ends, I think this is the last year. Then you've got a lot more girls, young ladies, yep. that are now going to be wanting to go get drafted. And you still have just 12 teams with 12 spots. And there's not anybody retiring. No, we had, what, no two people. Soon. We had two people retire last season. You know? Not like, happened. I don't see anyone retiring. Maybe. I don't think Tarasi is going to be gone this year. I think it might be two. I don't. There's not a lot of retirement retiring happens. So then trying to, you know, then you got then you're gonna have rookies, they're gonna have the these these girls coming in like um well, I think I think the Gamecocks have like four or five girls that are mm -hmm. entering the draft. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean you got Aliyah Boston, obviously, she's gonna get in there, but you got them having to compete with vets and players that have been in the league for maybe two, three years, and now what? someone it's like bumper cars now 
Yeah, and even even a player like Aaliyah Boston, as strong as she is and the, the dominance we've seen with her with South Carolina, can you imagine her going up against Asia Wilson, going up, you know, against a Stewie? The game is yeah. more physical for her. And as as great as I think she was for South Carolina, it's a I honestly world. think it, it's a it was it's gonna be a struggle for her to have some success in her first or second year yeah. in the league. When we heard from Kelsey Plum when she had her whole article about, you know leaving college and being the top of, you know, being the top in college and going mm -hmm. in straight into the WBA, she was young. She didn't know a lot of things. Her game was different. The game, the game itself was different. And she had to really take focus and learn how to get into that one niche. And that's what yep. I think a lot of these women are going to have to be doing. And so the WBA draft is on Monday. It's going to be at 4 PM. It's out in New York. Um, the fever have the first pick followed by the links and the wings. The wings have like three picks. Fever have two. The dream have a couple. Storm the wings have, made that big leap change to yeah. the trade, right? To get okay. Yeah, so they've got the third pick, the fifth pick, and then the I think it's the ninth or eleventh pick. Um, wow. Yeah. And then I was looking at some of these, you know, projected draft orders for the WNBA. And, they, you know, we also know the um, Maddie Segrist that left yes. Illinois declared for the for the WNBA. They have her at like ninth or tenth or like it was like something very low on the top ten. I'm like, mm -mm. They're, they're putting girls over her that I honestly wasn't sure of who they were. Kind of, I mean, I don't trust those mock drafts though. I know, I know it is, but I just from seeing, you know, but there's not like there's a lot of women's mock drafts happening out there right now. Yeah, I'm seeing yeah. more NFL mock drafts, and we're still like, you know, a whole 30 days and out away um, out from it before you know we're seeing these ladies getting the love. So it's going to be interesting. I know that one of the players from Iowa State is going into it. Ashley Jones too. Um, Haley Jones from Stanford. You know, Stanford has a Booker from Lady Rebel. She's oh, also yeah. she's in it as well. Oh man! So. And that, I, I think I read last last I read there was eighty either eighty or eighty eight um, women who have declared in this class, and some are still dropping out. But that's I mean, and how many open spots there are? Do we have open spots? Like we we probably don't even have half of <laughs> half of that. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's going to be a there's lot of twelve teams. They do two rounds, I think. Right. So, I well, mean, there's going to be a lot of practice. There are a lot of you know the practice teams, training camps, the, training camps, and we're going to see a lot of cuts, and we'll see how they push through. I guess I, you know, I mean, not everybody has an already stacked team like us, so I guess whatever they yeah. can do to make it yeah. better, but. Oh, the best man. of luck. That's all we can do. I, I mean, it's going to be tough. I just it's wow, it's it's tough wow. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, <sighs> that's why the the, the league, that. such as like the athletes unlimited league, why yeah. it is as, oh, as yeah. small as that is, that league is so important to yeah, these have ladies. Have you been watching Kirsten Bell? She has been throwing. She threw down in the athletes unlimited basketball. Yes, league. I she was did. Like, Listen, yeah. if she gets some more yep. playing time for us at the Aces, I think that she she needs to make her mark. I think you know, just giving her the time frame, just a couple of open windows where she can get some extra time. Cause she really showed out in that. There were some sparks was... within, within the season that we saw her when she came in, sure. she had some runs. There were some moments where we saw great, you know, we saw the potential in her. Yeah. Well, just watching her and seeing her tape from when she was in college, like we knew she had it, but it, you know, getting to play one or two minutes here or there when you're down or you're up by 30, it's not the same as like yeah. you're actively competing in a game when people are really coming, you know, it just really showed for, 
what she has and what she stands for. Of course, uh, Sydney Colson was there too, and yeah, she's always she just was playing. You you could see her. She, her conf she was her confidence. She was she she had her swag. I mean, she was talking the trash. She just uh -huh. seemed like she was comfortable and she was playing freely. And I think that kind of transferred on the court for her, which is why she has the success she had with athletes unlimited. Right. It was, it was great. It was, really it was exciting for her. It was, it was great to see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I know. Okay. Lakers came back. I think it's like, I think it's like eight points. Oh, they cut, they cut the lead. Oh, eight, I, I turned okay, so away from it. I know. I just, I was like, let me do a check. Cause we want to talk with the NBA. Oh, the yeah, Western they did. Conference wow. is still an insane battle right now. Um, here's a little bit of, of the picture as of yesterday. We know the Bulls, my Bulls made it. They're they're for sure making the play-in tournament. So congratulations to the Bulls. The Bucks secured the number one seed in all of the playoffs. So they're going to be having the home court advantage throughout all the playoffs. Celtics secured number two. Um, I think Denver I just saw the Hawks. The Hawks, they got in. Okay, they. I think they 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 got in. I saw that a couple minutes ago before we came on. Okay, and then I know uh, the Nuggets also secured the first, number one spot in the West. So, okay, you've got seats five through nine, where it literally I think is like a game or a game and a half. Or in the case of the Clippers and the Lakers, they're literally 0.5 away from the Warriors tied. And what do they have? One more game left, or is this, is this the last? I, the last games are on the ninth, I believe. Okay. I think the ninth. So we've got like a few days left. I'm not sure how many games for each team. Maybe one, two, who knows? But wow. uh, it's coming down to the wire, literally. Coming down to the wire. And what's crazy is because, you know, me and Mo, I've been always talking to her about her, you know, I'd be bagging on her Lakers. Are you a Lakers <laughs> fan too? Yes, know. of course. Yes. Okay. So we're bagging y'all Lakers fans. Because, um, you know, you were barely making the play in tournament. All of a sudden, now you may just make the playoffs. But of course, you make that playoff, you win the sixth seed or whatever. Are you, are you going against Denver? Are you going to, you know, it's going to be a, a tough road. But um, they've, been just, playing, they've actually been playing well, like the last <laughs> four games. They've mm -hmm. been, I mean, Anthony Davis, he's been carrying a team. LeBron James. AD, was, look, it took them last. street clothes off finally and, and is making a difference. <laughs> Yeah, man. So uh, it's interesting. The 74 to 85 right now, three minutes left in the third wow. quarter. Wow. 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 Yep. Wow. So uh, it's, it's intense. It's intense. The Warriors have been having crazy games. Pool hit for 18 in the fourth yesterday, which carried wow. them over Oklahoma City. Yeah. The Kings clinching their first. So first of all, you know, my Mariners had the longest standing drought for 20 plus years. Right. So yes. once we won, the we got in the playoffs last year. The next on the list was the Kings. And they came and the through. Not, and they not only clinched the playoffs, but they're also Pacific Division champions. Yes. It hasn't happened since 2003. <laughs> they got it. They just have a young squad that they're hungry and you can see it there. They are playing great basketball. That's something to watch too, because as Mo would say, the young Tito's—they got the young Tito's <laughs> out there that really just yeah. got their rocking and doing the things. Um, Pistons clinched the NBA's worst record this season so far, <laughs> so they are hopeful to get that number one draft pick. Gosh, <laughs> man, and, they trying yeah. to get Bam and they—they—they they, they, 
they set themselves up great. They mission accomplished. They sure did. They sure <laughs> listen. Whether it was tanking or not, we won't know. But that's they. They sure definitely are setting themselves Man. up for that one. That's just great. And then we got the Warriors. I mean, you know, the Warriors have had their struggles, but they got Wiggins, who supposedly he's back with the team now. Um, what is up with that drama? What what is up with and that? He some won't say, talk about it. He some just, say he was cheating. Some say he took a leave of absence to be with his father, who's been dealing right. with a a some a medical illness. The wife came out and said the reports of him cheating are absolutely false. Why did you make well, I thought they were these allegations? Of her cheating. Oh, it was her. I thought it was him. I think it, I thought it was her cheating. Oh my god! I thought it was her cheating, and that he needed to take time off. Of course, there was also that it was his father that was ill. But then he didn't even when they had the presser, he was like, "I just want to leave it at that, you know, respect the family's privacy." But it was a family matter. But I'm like, twenty-two games. That's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, all That's respect to family and family. You know, everybody has family issues. If you got to go handle it, you got to handle it. But that's a long time he was gone. So now, you know, uh, Kerr mentioned that he's not going to be back this week. Like they're going to have to assess him and figure out where it's at before they put him back in, into the lineup. So. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> especially, especially if it was his wife cheating and all. I mean, that was a long time that he was away. 22 games. Like that's, that could be nasty. <laughs> That's what I said. I mean, those are, That's you know, drama. this is this is according to like the shade room and of course. You know, <laughs> yeah. other if it like came from TMZ, then I would probably believe it a little bit more. Right, right, right. And they always know, have I'm all not the sure teeth. They were there or not, but um like I said, it was just it, it, I'm glad he's back, but it's almost like Are you, know, you really there? How 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 productive I, can you be to the team at this point? In 22 games, like you would think, and God forbid, like there, there was like a death in the family and you took some time off. But even then we've seen people come after like mm -hmm. a week back or a few games back after losing a family member. And it's, I, I don't know, maybe, it, maybe his priorities are just different, which is fine. I just, it just seems crazy. We've never seen this kind of situation before, I guess. And that's, yeah, was, was just a little wild. So, um, crazy. Yeah. This this basketball this basketball uh the these next few days I know Kev chimed in and said that it, the last games are on Sunday so okay we cool. will see Sunday. by Sunday how all the chips fall I did want to share a little video because everybody knows that I'm a beach girl I love the pool I love the sun I love the water and um you know I know that the guys on T NBA and team and T always talk about you know taking the everybody takes the boat to Cancun when they're not in the playoffs and they're getting it out. Yeah. Well, I think Reggie Bullock from the Mavs may be onto something because we all know the Mavs are struggling. Um, they've been continued to be losing. They've literally dropped, I think, a 90% chance of playoff berth from Feb from the last two months. They went from like 96 to now like three percent or six percent of chance of making the playoffs. But Reggie Bullock went to Belize <laughs> and bought himself. His own private island that he's nicknaming Bullock Island. Wow. So he bought an island. He's building a resort for family, friends, guests. I'm all for it, but and it where, is this? where is it at? in Belize, it's a little okay. island off of Belize. I think it's Palencia or something like that. Like, I think it's a little bit north of Belize. Is that where he's but, from or does he have any ties there? Or is... 
I don't think so. I think it's just he wanted to invest in some land. Other people are buying cars and have multiple homes. And he's like, screw it. I'm buying an island. And I am not mad at him. Nice. Duh. Okay. But yeah. You know, of course, the comments are full of, well, that's where you're going in a couple of days. So <laughs> might, as well, might as well get, petty, get, petty. get that resort going, get that resort started. <laughs> the internet does not hold back. <laughs> they do not at all. At all. Uh, I don't know. Who's your? Are you a Dodgers fan too? Then is this? Are you part of the Dodgers? Mafia yeah, I'm a Dodgers well? fan, but I haven't been really up on the whole baseball thing. I was so wrapped into the NCAA thing. I haven't really right. dived into everything that's happening with baseball. I know it kicked off what a week last weekend, but I haven't really been following it too much. I mean, it's the first week. We can't get really into. We can't really get in deep down into the wins and losses. It's only the first week, but there are a few highlights that I wanted to show because. Um, we all know that there's a pitch clock now. So this season yes. there's a new pitch, pitch clock and it's already become an issue or I guess a blessing for some. And here's just a few highlights of that. The times that's a strikeout. There's a violation. Ron Culpa just rung up Manny Machado. We're on the clock here this year, and that's an automatic strike, and it happens to be strike three. Here comes Bob Melvin. Ron Culp with the crew chief behind the plate. And somebody's been ejected. Looks like Machado. We'll lead off against Carlos Carrasco making his first start of the year, and a violation called on Carrasco before he throws a pitch. Unable to get the pitch off before the timer ticked down to zero, so it's a 1-0 count to Pitch clock violation here has been called against Otani. With Cal Raleigh about. It's not in the batter's box at eight seconds. Or. I guess not in there in eight seconds. He's got so you had wow. Manny Machado getting ejected and striking out after the pitch clock violation, which he wasn't fond of. So then he got ejected. Uh, <laughs> Carlos Carrasco. So he, before the game even started, he only threw, he didn't even throw one pitch and he already had a 1-0 count because the pitch clock for him had expired. And then Otani became the first player because he's a, the first pitcher and hitter combined to have basically a clock violation as both a pitcher and hitter um so what what is the actual got... time limit on it what what is so the it's actual 15 minute 15 seconds Se okay and i think for the batter it, you have to be in the batter's box by i think the eighth second that was his new this year, added this year right yeah the pitch clock okay so it's already causing some some drama in the, in the world, which is insane. Um, the last two clips I want to show are just, of course, of my Mariners because they're awesome, but they're not. Uh, Castillo, <laughs> this guy catch, caught this pass behind his back, and he, he doesn't even look at it. So I want to show that clip real quick, too. Or here it is. Oh, ho, 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 ho. a little axo behind the back. From Luis Castillo to take one away. Two gone. Like did he do that just, on purpose? That, it, I, it looked like it, it looked it like he did it too crazy. In style, but. Too I mean, I don't, I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he was just kind of swinging around, and bam, there you got it. You caught it. It was just, it was pretty. It looked pretty. <laughs> it, it looked pretty. Yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty. And then we've got. Um, uh, Peterson of the Giants, who hit a 109 mile per hour ball, literally went straight through the ribbing of the White Sox first base. And watch this. 
Oh my goodness, 109 off the bat. And went right through the webbing of the glove. Like, wow. Right through. Jeez. That's, <laughs> that, so that came fast. Somebody in the comments was like, when you get your mid-off wish. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, you know, he didn't even have time was, to react. I mean, and then, geez. It was crazy, right? And it's funny because wow. usually you see players that do that little mid-check when they clearly have missed a ball that they're going for. And this guy, you literally know he caught the ball, just went straight through his mid. Where'd so, you go? <laughs> base, base hit for him. Wow. Unbelievable. 109 miles per hour. That's 109 miles. I don't Jeez. even want to be near that ball having to try and feel that. Like, no, thank you. Nope. <laughs> it's it, it's too much and it's a lot. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. Um, I did have a, there was a special moment because uh, there's a new uh, rookie for the A's, a pitcher, Shinataro Fujinami. And so they're playing the A or the Angels against Otani. So there's a big Japanese like vibe there, of course. But you get to see a, a reaction of his mom watching him for the first time pitching mm. Major League Baseball. Nice. And striking out Mike Trout is nothing to be. <laughs> that's a, a a big move right there. Yeah. So yeah, um, baseball's officially back. Of course, I know we're all still going to be in this NBA mode. Eighty-two to ninety-six. Eleven minutes left in the fourth oh, quarter. Oh, they pulled back away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, before we go, I'm going to bypass you know, the usual sneaker drops and hookadoras. We can deal with those next week when I, I know Mo loves them. <laughs> but uh, I did want to shout out for a girl power. Um, you know, there's the National Women's Soccer League. And they've Cali, got, right? yeah, there's a new expansion team coming to the Bay. So this team is um, part of their ownership group, includes the U.S. Women's National Team legends like Brandi Chasting, Leslie Osborne, Daniel Slayton, and Allie Wagner. The team's name and venue haven't been determined yet, but the team is the 14th in the league now and is set to begin in 2024. So it's great not only to see another women's professional team here or in general, but also seeing it being funded by women. Yeah. Which... They've been having some good, good moments for them. They got that contract money. I mean, things have been going in the right direction for them overdue. So, I mean, yes. Kudos. Well, yeah. I think, and we talked about it before. I think it was Kansas City, their women's team, their their women's uh, national women's soccer league team is getting their own stadium just for right. now. Which right. we don't see that. We don't even see that no. Vipers or nothing. So. Mm -mm, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not. At I saw you real oh. quick. I thought you got a chance to go to the one of the Viper games a couple yeah. weeks ago. How was that whole experience? I, I went to a, a couple. Chance. So listen, I've talked to him about like. There is just no reason why they should be at Cashman. Like it's when so you watch trash, right? the XFL games on TV and you're like, wow, these guys are in college stadiums. The Seattle plays at Lumen Field. They're playing wow. where the Seahawks play. So the fact that you got these teams playing in these great places, like the fact that they're playing at Cashman is like, okay, I get it. Maybe they couldn't beat a Legion. I know that Sam Boyd's closed. But why, you know, there was the last time I went there, there was a kid from um, Bishop Gorman. I told Mo this is that he had mentioned that, you know, they did Viper, the XFL did offer Bishop Gorman to ha to use their stadium, which I think would have been fine. But I think Bishop Gorman is the one that didn't want that. I mean, they have a, they, they have 
Bishop Gorman has a, their facilities over there. Are yeah, their field is they just read is nice. And they said, and he said that they already had worked with ESPN, so they have all the workings for the yeah. cameras and everything. When you look at it, <laughs> I it's hope just, even make... on TV it looks so amateur. Well, what's crazy is that even though so last Saturday was the Vipers' last home game, and and shout out to their new quarterback that they got, uh, they picked up just after the last loss. So last week um, they picked up um, Jalen, Jalen McClendon. So he actually got the win for them last Saturday against the Brahams. Um, he went 21 for 31, had two touchdowns. Great game. But now the Vipers have three games on the road. That was the last home game. Their record is two and six. Unless they win these next three games, they're not going to be in any kind of playoff. So the fact that now you're keeping – the lights from coming home until May 5th. You're keeping anything else from happening because the lights have a game. They had a game tonight that they had to take place at UNLV against a part of the, uh, the U.S. Cup. Mm. Um, that took place today, but they couldn't have it to cash in because the Vipers. But the Vipers aren't here anymore. Like, they're gone. They Their season is now all on the road. Who planned that? That's... <laughs> But if you were to see how they have, I mean, when you look, when you look on TV, it's a little different, maybe, but when you're there, there's no, you can barely see a clock. Like you really can't see a clock to, you don't know what the score is because there's one scoreboard and it's on the makeshift <laughs> tower that they have the wow. broadcasters and the offensive and defensive line coaches sitting and calling plays from. It's just kind of a disaster. Although the media area is beautiful. The media area is all inside. It's all, you know, they, it's, it's a great little area. How was the whole fan? How was the fan? How did the fans die hard fans? Because you know, the first home game it was downpour raining. The second home game, it was like wind gusts of like 50 miles an hour. So the fans still came out. I'd say they had, I think they had like six or seven thousand the first week. The second week, maybe it was like three or four, but you're also going against UFC concerts. Uh, T-Mobile had Taylor Mark Swift Madness. was in last weekend, and that was bananas. <laughs> so and... <laughs> much was going on. Yeah. And it's hard to also compete, but they definitely have a base. They'll have a crowd base, and I think people love it. It's just I think all of us, including all the other fans of the other teams, know that we're really getting gypped as far as the location. Like, we're in Vegas, and this, and this is – No. Yeah. So. <laughs> not That's not it. <laughs> That's not it. And also shout out to our Vegas Gold Knights who clinched a playoff berth. They are not only, I always report this, they're always first of the Pacific Division, but we are actually first in the Western Conference right now. And I know tickets are on sale. You can start getting tickets for that first round. So make sure if you want tickets, go to access.com and and, and get those tickets. Uh, I did before we got to go. I got to shout out. Listen, Kelsey Plum is doing some major things out there in the offseason. Fire, right? That I was like, come through, KP. Come through. KP is a full-fledged model. She's out here for the GSTQ line, which is also owned by XFL owner Danny Garcia. She killed it. She is killing it. Um, Listen, I can't. She's killing it. She she has that marriage glow on her, and she's like, I want all of it. She's yes. loving life. I mean, she's probably gonna have a house out in New York pretty soon too. So you know, yeah. I love. I'm. I'm. I'm here for it. KP it, it's, all for it. She's doing it. All. All for it. Hey, listen. Um, that's gonna be it for the show tonight. 
I appreciate you for coming on. For sure. Melody. It's always great to chat with you. We'll definitely Absolutely. have to catch up soon. I'm sure we'll see you at an Aces game, but let's catch up. Cause, uh, but yeah, um, show tell everybody where they can find you, like on social media, and when you guys' show is. Absolutely, you can find me on social media under Miss Ball and D. You can follow my sports page, uh, No Plays All Sports Talk, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And our show is each and every Wednesday night, six p.m. Pacific Standard Time, on Hot Seven Hundred Two Five FM. Awesome. All right, y'all. We'll catch you next week. Hopefully Mo is feeling better and uh, we'll see how her Lakers do. Well, we love you. We wish you well. And I'll catch y'all next week. See you later. All right. Have a good night.